0: It's four o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
1: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you this afternoon. going to be answering your questions about the Bible and Christianity for the next hour. Looking forward to it and to your calls. Uh, if you want to join me on the program, if you've listened before, you kind of know how it works. If you're uh, new to listening to this program, you can call in right now, 303 690 303 or if you prefer to text seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven But I'd much rather have you give us a call here. Join us on the program where we can talk to you and uh, hear your voice and get the full context uh, of your question and the best number to do that. Uh, same number for all, whether you're listening in Colorado or Wyoming or welcome to all of you listening in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania on Hope FM uh, and those listening, of course, locally here on the Front Range on Grace FM. You can all call 303-690-3000 if you want to join us here on the program. Uh, That's the number where you can reach us here. I'm Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in parker colorado and you can get more information about our fellowship at calvarychapelparker.com calvarychapelparker.com but you're listening to calvary live here and uh you may or may not know but this program is all about uh your calls your questions about the bible about christianity maybe you have a question about prophecy or apologetics or cults or current events or perhaps you just need encouragement or prayer give me a call here on the program and uh, again that number is 303 303- got all our lines open, generally the easiest time to get through uh, is earlier on in the program here, Uh, sometimes things tend to stack up a little bit later on in the program in terms of calls, Uh, so uh, if you want to have a little bit easier time, or a little bit less of a wait perhaps, uh, give us a call uh, right now, 303-690-3000. As I mentioned, I'm Jason Vandiver, I'm the pastor of Calvary. Chapel in Parker, Colorado, I mentioned you can get information about our fellowship at calvarychapelparker.com, including if you want to join us uh, at Calvary Chapel, if you're going to be uh, in the Parker, Colorado area in the near future, or you live in the Parker, Colorado area and you want to join us, uh, you can go to calvarychapelparker.com, get service times and directions there. Uh, next opportunity, of course, will be Sunday, uh, and uh, you can join us there. And then this Sunday, actually, uh, I will be down at Calvary Chapel in Castle Rock, preaching there and uh, teaching there and seeing all of the folks there, so uh, if you're going to be in the Castle Rock area, you can go to calvarycastlerock.com and get directions there. But uh, how about, uh, like I said, joining me on the program here, 303-690-3000, let's go to Katie. Hi Katie, Hi. Welcome, to the pro- welcome to the program, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm good, how are you?
1: Doing really well, thanks for joining us.
2: Um, I just had a prayer request. Um, there was. A, I live in Aurora, but um, my family, like my mom and my dad, and um, brother and sister, and their their kids, um, they live in um, in Texas, in the part that's about to be hit with a hurricane.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I
2: just wanted to um, just ask for prayers
1: for them absolutely well i have a daughter in texas as well and so why don't we uh why don't we lift uh, all the folks up down there uh some friends down in uh, san marcos north of san antonio uh i think uh all the way up to austin yeah. as high as austin or as far north as austin they're kind of expecting the uh uh the blow from this hurricane hur- harvey yeah. yeah hurricane harvey to hit so let's go ahead and pray right now katie Okay, thank you, F- Father. We do uh, just lift up. Uh, we lift up the folks in Texas, and um, Lord, as they're bracing for this storm, getting ready to come in, Lord, we just pray that you be with them, that you'd. Protect them as they uh, as they prepare and as this uh, storm uh, surge begins and then ultimately it, it makes landfall there uh, for folks uh, from Galveston and down to Corpus and other areas there and up north and all of the rain and all of the kids uh, evacuated in College Station and and, and in other places. Lord, uh, we just pray uh, we pray for our friends in Calvary Chapel uh, in San Marcos there yeah. and Calvary Chapel in Austin and and so many uh, different uh, churches and and believers there especially. Lord, we pray for your hand especially on your children upon your believers uh, Lord that you'd be with them that you protect them that you would use them Lord uh, in this storm uh, for your glory and that you'd give them wisdom uh, as to their safety uh, Lord but we pray for all people down there Lord uh, that you would uh, just be merciful and uh, as you always are and 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 that you would just protect uh, and that you would help the people uh, through this storm as it gets ready to come and and Lord we uh, we know that you allow these things and we know that uh, no matter what happens Lord that you're uh, that you're going to work and that you're good. And so, Lord, we just put these things in your hand, and our trust and our faith is in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much.
1: Well, you bet. And, uh, Katie, I really appreciate you calling in uh, and just uh, reminding us and giving us an opportunity to pray for that.
2: Yeah, of course. (laughs) Take care. Well, Have a nice day. Yeah, thanks.
1: You you too. You as well. Folks, 303-690-3000. And uh, let's go to Mark. Uh, Mark's calling us from Peterson Air Force Base. Mark, welcome to the program.
3: Thank you. How are you doing,
1: sir? I'm doing really well. How are you doing today?
3: Great, great. Thanks for receiving my call. You my, bet. Question, my, my question is, uh, in regards to tithing and offering, I know back in, in the Old Testament it was, you know, they're giving a tithing offering. But as it relates to New Testament in this day and time, is tithing and offering, tithing, paying your tithes and paying your offering, is that uh, is something still under the law or are we still doing it now?
1: Right, so that's a good. It's a good question. So first of all, let's talk about uh, what you mentioned historically. Tithing is is uh, is a concept that was applied to the nation of Israel. It was part of God's covenant with Israel. And and actually, what most people don't realize is is that people in the nation of Israel gave actually far. When you add it all up, all of the tithes and offerings that they gave, uh, they gave far more than ten percent. It's just that part of what they gave uh, was a tithe of of certain crops and and certain things that they had, and then. They they had other offerings. They had uh, uh, temple uh, offerings. They had uh, firstborn uh, offerings, and then they had all of their free will offerings and all of their burnt offerings and so forth. So they, the, 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 the Jews gave far more than ten percent. But tithing is is an Old Testament uh, concept. We we still use the term. Uh, tithe today, but but uh, as believers, we find that what God has called us to uh, in in places like second Corinthians and in second Corinthians chapter nine verse seven, we see that we 're told, let each one give as he purposes in his heart.' and 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 so um you as a believer uh are not tied uh are tied uh to uh to ten percent and and some people maybe what they're able to give is five percent and another person there may may be able to give fifty percent and so there isn't a, a percentage. It's it's what what each each person purposes in their heart, and what God puts on your heart. And and He says, "For God loves a cheerful giver." And 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 one of the most important aspects in giving is is not so much the percentage, but is the heart and the attitude behind what we give. And so um, Jesus uh, talks about the tithe um, actually in the New Testament, but He's uh, He's upholding the tithe. Uh, for those who are part of Israel, and so we don 't see tithing really being um, uh, and he does so uh, by the way in, in if you want to read it and you you can find uh, that uh, those words of jesus in matthew twenty three twenty three and luke eleven forty two um, but uh, we as believers uh, we are we are not under uh, an obligation for ten percent okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. I hope that was clear for you. And uh, and and the New Testament has a lot to say about giving, but it doesn't. It doesn't put a specific percentage on it. Okay. Thanks a lot. God, yeah, you bet. God bless you, my friend, and appreciate you calling 303-690-3000 if you want to join us on Calvary Live. Let's go to John in Randallstown, Maryland. John, welcome to the program.
3: This John still here.
1: Hey, John. Can you hear me on Calvary Live? I hear you loud and clear. All right. What's on your mind today?
2: Okay, I'm concerned about Jesus's the words of Jesus. Jesus and how he felt about uh, working on the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. Was there working on the Sabbath day? Was is it all right to work partially
1: on the Sabbath day?
2: Should you work not at all? I'd like your comments on that.
1: Yeah, so what we see, first of all, what we need to understand is the requirements for Jews uh, on the Sabbath day, and then what is God's expectation for those of us who are part of the New Covenant uh, on the Sabbath day? Do we have a responsibility to to keep the Sabbath day? Um, we never see Jesus, first of all, in, in, in the Word of God, um, violating the Sabbath. So Jesus uh, kept fully and perfectly uh, the law. What Jesus violated was the Pharisees and other Jews' traditions concerning the Sabbath. But he never violated God's word. He, He perfectly fulfilled God's word concerning the Sabbath. Now, that said, with the ushering in of the New Covenant, there was a transition and there wasn't a requirement uh, for believers who are under the New Covenant of Grace to maintain the covenant of, uh, or the aspect of the covenant that is the Sabbath. In fact, uh, of the Ten Commandments, the only one that is not reiterated in the New Testament is the keeping of the Sabbath. And the reason for that is, is that all of the Ten Commandments, well, nine of them are Moral, the Sabbath is ceremonial and was strictly related to God's covenant relationship with the nation of Israel. But uh, in Galatians chapter 3 and elsewhere, uh, we, we discover that we're no longer under the old covenant, uh, that, that, uh, that we are under uh, the new covenant in Jesus Christ. And in places like Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 16, Paul says, Let no one judge you in food or in drinks so or in the dietary laws or regarding festivals and keeping certain feasts or a new moon or Sabbaths which are a shadow of things to come, but the substances of Christ. And so the point is we're living in the new covenant in the substance of Christ, and uh, so we are no longer governed by the shadow. As as Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 3 there, he talks about how the purpose of the law was that it was our tutor to bring us to Christ. He says, but after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, Galatians 3.25. Are you with me? Did we lose Follow you, John? You. Yep. I'm still following you. Okay. So so uh, give me your thoughts on that.
2: So we are no longer under the law in general from exactly. that which was for the fund the Jewish followers.
1: Exactly. It, it was a specific covenant between God and Israel, and by the way, that covenant didn't save the nation of Israel, uh, as Paul also points out in Galatians 3, uh, it pointed to, in, in, in every aspect, it pointed to uh, Jesus Christ. And now, that was a shadow, now we have the substance, as I just read to you there, and so we're no longer living according to the shadow, we're living according to the substance, which is Christ. And so, it was a specific aspect of God's covenant relationship with Israel uh, that, uh, that dispensation, you might say, has passed and we are under a new age and a new dispensation of grace where the sabbath doesn't apply. Now, that said, I would say this that that taking mm-hmm. time to rest is is important. There is a principle there. And, you know, working seven days a week is not God's design for you either, uh, but you don't have a responsibility uh, for that day to be Saturday. In fact, I would suggest to you that maybe a better day is the first day of the week when the church gathered together uh, to worship uh, and to uh, serve the Lord and to to engage in in doctrine and studying the Word of God and growing. Uh, perhaps that's uh, that becomes uh, more of a time of rest for you uh, who are under the under of the New Covenant, but there is no obligation uh, to keep a specific day as a Sabbath.
3: All right, thank you very much for your you, explanation.
1: You bet, you bet. Does that leave any holes or any gaps in information for you, John, or does that pretty much cover it?
3: That pretty much covers it. I really appreciate it.
1: You betcha. And, and be careful, because there are people going around now, and they're going to come, and they're going to try to to lay a burden on you, saying that you have to somehow keep a Sabbath, uh, but uh, there is no scripture uh, to suggest that. In fact, there is scripture to suggest exactly the opposite.
3: Okay? Thank you
1: very much. You betcha, my friend. Appreciate you calling, John. 303-690-3000 if you want to join me. I'm Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live this afternoon. Appreciate all of you listening in Colorado, Wyoming, and uh, on Grace FM, and you listening on Hope FM in Maryland, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Welcome to you. Uh, And let's go to another caller from Maryland. Let's go to Jason. Jason, uh, welcome to the program. Hey,
4: how are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. Thanks for joining me.
4: I just had a question for today. I want to see if I can get your thoughts and how Jesus feels about it. I uh-huh. had recently got a tattoo, and really, no matter what the t- what the tattoo represents, how does mm-hmm. He feel about that? How does He feel after we had got it? Does does he change His mind? Does He change how He feels about us?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the the, the subject of tattoos. Um, really the only place that uh, that we run across that in the scriptures is in the book of Leviticus it's in um in the 19th chapter of the book of Leviticus and and uh, first of all let me read this verse to you and then and then we can talk about what it does and doesn't mean and then we can get to the heart of your question uh, ultimately so what does God think about this where am I at in my relationship with God but in in Leviticus 19:28 it says you shall not make any cuttings uh in your flesh for the dead nor uh, tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. Um, what a lot of people interpret that as, and 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 first of all, what what they inter- how some interpret incorrectly is, is that they say, well, if you have a tattoo that that that's scripturally prohibited and that uh, it's wrong and 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 so forth. Well, by that. Rationale. Then you have to go back to verse twenty-seven, where it says, "You shall not shave around the sides of your head, nor shall you disfigure the edges of your beard." So, by this logic, if I shave the side, if I shave my beard, uh, or if I am one of those guys that's balding and I shave, you know, my head, uh, then also uh, I have a problem with God. And so, you got to be very careful and take things in context. The passage in Leviticus is talking about pagan mourning mourning practices for the dead. And they would do certain things and what they did to their beards, uh, their hair. Uh, they would cut themselves and mark their bodies for the dead. And that's what God is prohibiting there, not necessarily having a tattoo. So uh, just having a tattoo is not something that is necessarily against the Word of God. But I would say that, that what is important is you know, when an individual decides to get a tattoo and what is the subject matter of that tattoo. For example, there are a lot of people that have tattoos and later on they become uh, believers and so obviously that decision has already been made. Now there may be a decision to be made as to whether or not they want to go through the the difficult process to have those tattoos uh, removed. Um, but but that's another story. Um, once we are believers, I think that that we need to consider, you know, why do we want a tattoo? Uh, what is the subject matter? And I think that if you pray about it, and and if what you're doing is is not something that misrepresents you as a believer, then that's between uh, you and God. I would throw this out to you that if you desire to to minister or even be employed in certain places, um, that. Uh, tattoos might be a hindrance to that, um, not because of God, but because of, you know, the way that people might perceive you uh, or, or other factors. And so those are certainly just practical considerations when it comes to a tattoo. So for, for you, uh, you said you recently got a tattoo. Is that, is that what you indicated, Jason?
4: Correct yes uh, yeah three days to be exact
1: three days ago and and what what Correct. type of tattoo what's uh, do you feel comfortable talking about the tattoo what, what what is it
4: uh yeah that's fine i mean i don't know it's it's not that i don't know, but it's really just a small portrait of uh, Jesus on my own. Okay.
1: right, yeah, and uh, you know personally uh, i i don't have an issue with that i don't know of any scripture that uh is is uh um In conflict with that, and so ultimately it's between you and the Lord. And, and you know, um, there really isn't any reason why that should impact your relationship with the Lord in any way unless God is telling you, hey, that's not what I want you to do. Gotcha. You know what I mean?
4: So, Uh, I do. Yes, I understand.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, I think that this is one of those things, like I said, subject matter aside that's between, um, you know, or uh, subject matter considered in this case that's that's between you and the Lord. And, and if it's something that you feel that you made a mistake and that God's saying, no, I didn't want you to do that, well, you know, it's going to be difficult, but you can go back in the other direction. If not, you know, uh, don't be con- don't be condemned by it and move forward.
4: Okay, God, uh, since you have just recently said that, uh, just a few words right now. How would you go back and, I guess, strengthen your relationship with God? How, I mean, so, so did it change his mind in you or his love in you?
1: So, so if I understand you correctly, um, are you asking that since now you have a tattoo, does that change the the way that God loves you or the way that God sees you? Correct. Yeah. No. The answer is absolutely not. He, he, even if even if you did do something wrong. It doesn't change the way, the way that God feels about you or that he loves you. You know, sin, sin doesn't change the way that God feels about us. Sin interferes with our relationship with God. Sin can hinder, you know, our ability to commune with God, but it never changes the way that God feels about us. In fact, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says, and so, so it never changes the way that God feels. But, but if you if you're feeling some conviction, you know the Bible the Bible tells us this that um, that if anything is uh, sin to to us, then you know then it's sin. And so sometimes you know our conscience will convict us. Sometimes it's an an underdeveloped uh, un, and a conscience that hasn't been you know developed in in uh, in the confines of scripture. Um, and enlightened by Scripture, and so sometimes that's why it condemns us, and so our conscience actually needs to be developed according to Scripture. Uh, but sometimes it's just something that God is causing us to to have an issue with uh, for another reason in our life. And so, um, you know, my encouragement to you is is if, if if you're not if if God God is not condemning you in His Word, so if God is also not saying to you, "Hey, that's not something that that that." Um, uh, if he's telling you, "Hey, this is something I don't want you to have," then you know you need to 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 respect that, and uh, you need to deal with it. But if he's not, uh, then I would I would move forward in in, in grace, knowing that uh, you haven't impacted your relationship with God.
4: Gotcha. Okay, that's okay. It's uh, great here.
1: Yeah, and so you know, I mean. Uh, you have liberty in Jesus Christ. You have you have freedom in Jesus Christ. And and he, he's not looking to saddle you down over issues of tattoos. He's got bigger issues. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, that's great. That's really great to hear. Thank you for, uh, for taking the chance to speak with me and uh, just to give me this information.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I appreciate you calling, and I want to encourage you to call anytime, Jason, okay?
4: Uh, before we get off, do you mind uh, just making yeah. a quick uh, prayer request for me? Sure. What is it? I'm going to be trying to enlist into the military. And if this is something that God has made in my life and he wants me to go down to, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, down to this path Mm -hmm. to hopefully just go how it should go and be there with me when I go through the uh, maps uh, entrance.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's pray for that right now, Jason, okay? Okay. Father, I just lift up Jason to you. I just thank you for his heart. He, he clearly has a heart that is uh, like David, uh, a heart after, after you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd always keep it that way and keep him that way. Uh, Lord, just sensitive to you and to your spirit. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd speak to him. Lord, uh, first of all, about this tattoo, if, if, if uh, this is uh, something that, that, that uh, is not really an issue for him, certainly we know it's not in your word, then just give him a piece about it if he needs to do something else uh, in regard to this, that you would show him that too because I, I, I sense very clearly he just wants to be obedient to you. And Lord, I pray uh, for uh, for this opportunity uh, to be able to go into the military. Lord, I pray that you'd bless him uh, as he's taking his exam. I pray uh, that you would bless him uh, as he's going through the process of of, of enlisting and 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 going through uh, basic training and, and boot camp and all of that. Lord, if this is the road that you have for him, then just, just be with him and, and make it clear. Just speak to him behind his right ear and his left ear saying this is the way walk in it and so lord i just pray that uh, that you you just give him peace as he keeps his uh, eyes and his mind uh, focused and stayed on you and lord uh, that you would use him mightily as he serves uh, our country and that you would protect him and that you would cause him uh, to be a light uh, in the military and that you would just bless him and that you would use him and so lord if this is if this is the path that you'd have for him lord i just pray that you'd make that abundantly clear to him as he as he seeks you and and as he begins taking steps in that direction lord uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, God thank bless you, you Jason. I, pr- I appreciate you calling.
4: Thank you. Thanks so much. God bless you too.
1: Bye bye. Yeah, take take care. Folks, 303 690 3000. Let's go to Chris in Denver. Chris, welcome to the program.
5: Hey, thank you for, so much for taking my call. Yep. I just want to follow up on uh, the previous caller on the Sabbath. Um, you know, under the New Covenant, according to like, the things that Jesus said, he said, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath, mm-hmm. you know, and in his sayings, he said, you know, I take up your cross daily and follow me. And also, um, you know, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, you'll find rest mm-hmm. for your souls. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the, every day can every day be our like our Sabbath with the Lord. You know, finding that rest, coming to Him, and uh, following, taking Him by our cross daily, and following Him, and entering into that, that place of rest with Him. Um,
1: yeah, no. You, I go ahead. I, go ahead and finish your thoughts though. There. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so so I would say this um you know John's question uh, of course about the Sabbath um you you bring up something actually that that we didn't talk about a lot but that I alluded to briefly uh when I was talking to John and and that's that all of the things in the law including the Sabbath actually point to Jesus Christ and and right. Of course, when Jesus said he's Lord of the Sabbath, he was speaking to his critics who who uh, challenged him for healing uh, on the Sabbath. And so the point he was making is is that you know he he's not uh, subservient to the Sabbath. He's the Lord and the Creator uh, of the Sabbath. And so uh, he clearly knows what is right, and and also uh, he has the authority to do what he pleases on the Sabbath. Um, but uh, to a greater sense of I think what your point is is that Jesus Christ. The Sabbath is a picture of Christ, and so as with uh, almost every aspect of the laws, as we were talking about um, with John there, is that these things were a shadow in the substances of Christ. So the, sub, the, Sabbath, uh, was, the Sabbath rest was the shadow uh, of our rest in Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you on that 100%.
5: Yeah, that's where we uh, find our
3: rest uh,
1: at any moment, any day. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, okay. All yeah, right, it's Well, not, thank you so much. Yeah, you bet, and, and it's not—it's not limited to one day a week. Yeah. You know, it's twenty-four-seven. So, um, right. and we—and we, and you see it from an entirely different perspective, rather than an obligation, it's a privilege that you enjoy. Um, yes. What yes. What you enjoy, what Christ gives us, not 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 what how we perform.
3: Right. Right.
1: Awesome. Hey, really, I appreciate you bringing up that nuance, uh, Chris.
5: All right. Hey, well, the Lord bless
3: you and your radio show.
1: (laughs) You too. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Nate in Boulder, Colorado. Nate, welcome to the program. How's it going?
5: Hi. I'm doing great, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I uh, just have a quick question for you about the book of Job. Yep. So I started reading that book, and it was kind of confusing to me. I just want some clarification i don't have my bible sitting in front of me so i apologize for that that's all right um but in the i in some of the uh, beginning chapters it talk about how god is having a meeting up Mm -hmm. in heaven with his council and i guess it uh, appears that satan is part of that council so i guess where i need clarification is was job was written after the book of genesis is that correct yes so why would and if uh satan was thrown down to earth in genesis why would he be allowed back up into heaven?
1: Yeah, let, let's, so what we've got to talk about is just a couple of different aspects uh, 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 of written and when things occurred. So, for example, when we talk about the writing of the book of Genesis, um, obviously we believe the first five books, the Pentateuch, are, are written by Moses. But obviously, Moses is writing, uh, you know, several thousand years uh, after some of the events of Genesis took place. So that said, Job is considered. Some of the things in Job uh, are considered to be some of the oldest accounts in human history and in the Bible. Um, So what's helpful sometimes for people to do is to pick up a chronological Bible. Um, and what a chronological Bible will do is place uh, not just books in chronological order. Um, well, most bibles don 't necessarily place them in chronological order but but that 's a different discussion, um, but uh, they will place chapters and sections in chronological order so that you can better see and when they do that, job is is very early on in the scripture because it 's some of the oldest scripture uh, in the book now, when we talk about Job and Satan presenting himself um, in verse 6 and then in chapter 2 verse 1 I believe it says there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them and so the idea there is is that Satan had to come and that by the way he still does and give an account before the Lord so this is something that existed back then and still exists even though he's been cast out of heaven uh, it still exists so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that thought right there And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to pick up uh, Nate right after the commercial so that we don't have to, uh, you know, cut this discussion short. Okay, so stick with me, Nate. Folks, if you want to join me, 303-690-3000, you're listening to Calvary Live. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303 690
1: 3000. And welcome back, Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live with you for the second half of the program. And uh, if you want to join me here, 303 690 3000, if you'd like more information about our fellowship, Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can go to com, and uh, we want to go back. We were talking to Nate uh, in Boulder, uh, Boulder, Colorado here, close, uh, not too far uh, from us here, and uh, we were talking about Job, we were talking about God, uh, Satan presenting himself before God, and the timing of all of that and uh nate I, I I will say this that um, I was getting ready to kind of go down this road, but i didn 't want to go and get into it before the break so basically what what happens is is that that is after the fall in in, in job that 's after the fall of Satan. Uh, but he still has a responsibility to go uh, and to present and to answer and to go before God. In fact, he, he does so still today, and he will until the middle of the Great Tribulation period. And in Revelation twelve nine, we see when that uh, situation finally ends. It says the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of the old, uh, of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard the voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. You see, right now he's accusing people uh, before God day and night. That's exactly what he was doing with Job. Uh, but ultimately, before Jesus Christ comes to set up his kingdom on earth, he will be finally cast out and that's when that situation will end
4: okay that makes sense thank you very much i appreciate that
1: yeah absolutely and sometimes it's just a matter of understanding you know the context of what's going on there and the greater context and how it's all going to be resolved
4: okay thank you pastor god bless you 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 betcha
1: yeah god bless you nate i really appreciate the call and the question and uh Looks like we got all our lines uh, open, so 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 if you want to join me here on the program. I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor, as I mentioned, of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. If you want to join me uh, on the program here, you can feel free to do so. Like I said, there's one number for all to call. We we make it rather easy, 303-690-3000. And uh, looks like we've got some text questions here, and uh, uh, looks like Aaron, one's really long. (laughs) Take me forever to read through this one. I'll try to to do it if I get a chance to read through it. Uh, But uh, one is rather short. It's a prayer request. It's for Aaron. We're going to pray for Aaron right now. Aaron, uh, if you're listening, we're praying for you. Father, we just lift up Aaron. It sounds like he's just had one of those days lord we just pray uh that you would uh that you would come and you'd surround him right now that you would be as you say uh in your word that it, as it says in your word that you would be the lifter of his head lord that you would uh uh, just come to him and that you would minister to him and and Lord we know uh, as we read in the Psalms when our when our heart is overwhelmed Lord that you can lead us to that rock that is higher than we are and so Lord I just pray that you lead him to that place just bring him back into that place of peace uh, even as his circumstances are threatening to rob him of his peace Lord I, I pray that uh, that his joy uh, would remain that his joy would be found in you uh, Lord that you would help him with whatever circumstances he's struggling with right now uh, with whatever uh, for frustration or discouragement uh, or whatever is overwhelming him at, at this moment, Lord, that you would just come and you would be with him and that you would minister to him and that you would strengthen him. Lord, that you would surround him even with other believers who could come and who could encourage him and, and, and who could be uh, your representatives and be there for him and, 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 and be vessels of your love in his life. And so, Lord, we just lift up Aaron to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, uh, like I said, 303, if you want to join me on the program with uh, calls or prayer requests, 303 690 We want to go to Michael, uh, also in Boulder, Colorado. Michael, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, Pastor? Doing really well. How are you?
5: Uh, amazing, by God's good grace.
1: Excellent. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, um, so I just want to do a prayer request to uh, my church. I go to Reach Boulder uh uh-huh. Kevin Utilities and yeah. as we get into the new school season with CU and doing a lot of CU events uh, helping out the kiddos and all kinds of different stuff like that that a lot of the kids and um, even staff members and everybody who's in Boulder um, you know sees Jesus sees his love and kind of just accepts him and you know get the darkness out of Boulder and kind of bring into the light
1: Well absolutely I've I've got uh One student, uh, well, two that attend still see you in Boulder. So uh, my heart is uh, really for Boulder area, and I really appreciate uh, the work that Calvary Chapel and Reach Calvary is doing in Boulder. Let's lift that up right now, Michael. Father, I just thank you so much uh, for Michael and just calling and and just reminding us of of your work there in, in Boulder. And, Lord, we do just pray that you would pour out your spirit. Um, Lord, we know that uh, there are many things uh, going on in Boulder, but greater are you that uh, are in us than he who is in the world. And so, Lord, we know that you could do a great work there. Uh, we, we know that you are. And I pray for uh, Reach Boulder. I pray for the work that they're doing. I pray for the church. I pray for the leadership and for the people in that church, that you would be with them, that you would protect them, that you would sustain them. And Lord, that you would pour out your gifts and your spirit upon them to be able to do what you've called them to do on campus and uh, in the area around the campus, on the hill there and and everywhere, Lord, that, uh, that uh, they're working in that community, Lord, we thank you uh, that they're there and that you have planted them there for a purpose, and we pray that you would fully uh, bring to realization uh, all the fruit that you desire to bring as a result of uh, you calling them there. And so, Lord, we pray that you would work in the faculty and in the staff uh, at CU and the students uh, at CU when they're there on campus or when uh, kids are coming to them and uh, when they're having services, Lord, uh, that you would just work in a mighty way, that you would save many there and that you would draw many closer to you and that you would just work in a powerful way in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you pastor absolutely and yeah thank you so much for calling michael
5: of course have a great day god bless
1: you as well hey let's go to dave in castle rock Uh, dave welcome to the program hi jason how are you today i'm doing really well what's on your mind
5: Well, I wanted to ask a question in connection to a call that I actually heard come across yesterday's show regarding Mm -hmm. salvation and uh, baptism. And uh, it's commonly misunderstood, I believe, that baptism is required for salvation while there's no scriptural backing for that. Am I correct?
1: Right. Uh, a lot of people believe that baptism is required for salvation. It is not. We can talk about that, though, in the course of our conversation. If, yeah.
5: Well, the question that I have is Would it be reasonable to justify that doctrine that for salvation by citing the fact that Jesus himself had no requirement for salvation because he was without sin? However, he himself was baptized as baptism. A act of obedience to the father because he was about his father's business. So, would that be a justifiable way to say, hey, this is a way of kind of turning that on its head that he who was without sin got baptized out of obedience, but he did not require salvation?
1: So so when we look at Jesus, um, Jesus was baptized, I, I, I would put it a little bit differently. Jesus was really baptized um, in identification with us as believers and also as an example to us as uh, believers to follow his footsteps. So I, I would put it more that if he who was without sin was baptized, then there really isn't anybody that can say, you know, baptism isn't for me or I don't need to be baptized. Now when I say need to be baptized, I don't need to be baptized for salvation. Um but I I I really would question um where uh, someone is at if they don't naturally have that desire in their hearts um, to to publicly profess what has taken place on the inside. We should probably de- define what baptism is for those listening. Of course, baptism is not something that's, uh, that's required for salvation because that would go against the gospel. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 make it very clear that we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone would boast. And baptism is very clearly a work that follows salvation, and it's a work that Actually, paints a picture uh, of the salvation that has taken place in our hearts. And so, when Jesus said in, says in Mark sixteen sixteen, he says, "He who believes and is baptized will be saved." But he says, "But he who does not believe will be condemned." So the emphasis is on belief, and then baptism follows that belief, and it doesn't produce um, salvation. Um, so uh that 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 's kind of how I would put that there's also another great passage that that I like to send people to. Um, I find that the best arguments against um, baptismal regeneration, which is the theological term that we're talking about. Baptismal ge- regeneration simply is the false belief that some have that that uh, we are saved or regenerated through the act of baptism, and and that passage in Mark sixteen uh, very clearly goes against that, and so does the words of the apostle Peter. He says in First Peter chapter three verse twenty one. He's talking about uh, the times of Noah in context, and he says there is also an antitype which now saves us. That doesn't mean an opposite type. Uh, The idea means a type, literally. There's an antitype which now saves us, baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, right? Not being dipped in water, in other words, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he says baptism saves us, not baptism being dunked in the water, but baptism into Christ by faith, which water baptism signifies. Okay, so so Mark 16, 16, 1 Peter three twenty one, 21, I, I think are some of the better ways to, to, to um, address this subject.
5: All right, terrific. Thank you so much for the clarification.
1: Yeah, you bet, and I uh, hope that helps. Uh, I know there is a lot of discussion that goes on around that. Uh, I think it's unfortunate. I I think it gets, uh, not what we're talking about here, but when people get caught up in this, and particularly with the wrong idea, um, they're missing the point of the Gospel many times, unfortunately, and ironically, over baptism. Yeah, and
5: uh, unfortunately that is the case, but I want to be as prepared as possible for if and when I should encounter these opportunities to witness accurately to Scripture.
1: Absolutely, and, and I would encourage you to do so, and, and hopefully those those passages help you do that as best as possible. You sure do. Thank you very much. You bet. God bless you, Dave. Thanks for calling. Let's go to Katie in Greeley, Colorado. Katie, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Pastor. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm doing really well. What uh, good, what good. What causes you to call today? What's on your mind?
2: Um, My question for you is, um, I understand that we're we're not to pray amiss um, Mm -hmm. or ask for something that would just not be in accordance with God's will. Yep. And as I pray each night for peace on this earth, I I thought the other day, gosh, you know, Scripture tells us peace is not going to be until Jesus returns. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wonder if I'm praying amiss when I ask, peace because it's not according to his word
1: well I, i i would have a different take on it i i don't think that you are i think that you've just got to understand it um you know what you're praying for in context for example if you go back to the lord's prayer and of course the lord's prayer is really um i like to call it sometimes the disciples prayer because it's really a model prayer for followers of jesus christ that that jesus lays out and not just a model prayer but really a framework for prayer uh, but he says in, in Matthew 6:10 um, Jesus says your kingdom come uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and so I think that if you're praying for peace on earth in the sense that you're praying uh, for God's will to be done ultimately on earth as it is currently being done in heaven in other words you're you're praying ultimately for the kingdom of Jesus Christ to be set up on earth then you're praying for a good thing if you're praying for peace on earth without Jesus Christ, um if you're praying for for peace on earth without, you know, men repenting and 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 without Jesus Christ intervening, then yes, I would say that is against the will of God. But if but if your prayer is for for peace on earth and by that you mean you know, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, come, come for your church. And, and we understand the, the, the purifying uh, work that is going to take place and the judgment of sin through the great tribulation and ultimately the world being uh, set into the place where it will be able to receive Jesus Christ uh, as king and as ruler. If, if that's what you mean by praying for peace on earth and praying for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, then that is scriptural.
2: Okay. Well that clarifies it because my heart on it is that all men would come to know the Lord. Yeah. So I guess then that would be the proper Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That and clarifies I, it.
1: Yeah, so I I think that you know, my guess is by just you know, our short conversation is is that you're a believer and when you pray for peace on earth, you're not praying for peace on earth apart from Christ. You're praying for God's will to be done on earth and and, and that's very scriptural.
2: Right, right, right. Okay. All right. right, sir. Well, thank you very much.
1: You bet. I appreciate you calling, Katie. God bless you.
2: Same to you, sir.
1: Let's go to Jeff in Denver. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. What's your question today?
0: Yeah, so it's a pretty loaded question, so I'll try and keep it brief. But, um, you know, I recently was saved in March, and, you know, I've noticed, you know, there's just a lot of, other paths, you know. There's the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons. There's Catholics. There's variety of forms of Christians, and they take verses from the Bible and create whole doctrine. For example, with the Mormons saying, you know, we are made to become gods ourselves. But then you look at, you know, fine scripture like James two nineteen that says, "Thou believest that there is one God, thou dost, you know, etc." And then you find people who say, like your earlier call you need to be baptized, but then if you really look at it, you find, such as Mark sixteen sixteen in Jesus' name, clearly saying, really, it is faith that saves you can be baptized, but if it's not with faith in Christ, it doesn't matter. So my question is, I study the Scriptures a lot. It helps me to become strong in my faith, uh, but also helps me be ready for defense, as we're asked to have, um, when people make these claims. And um, just I guess what I'd ask of you is, what is your take on, you know, really what we need as salvation as Christians, and how we trust our Word through salvation and faith in Christ alone? Um, and then, if you could elaborate a little bit, you know, how do we handle things like Mormonism? I, I have family members that are Mormons, and we take words, like in Genesis, saying, we were made in the image of God, and then, and, and now, mm-hmm. therefore, they decide that God is a man, and how do sure. we deal with that stuff? You know, and as yeah. Christians, how do we find refuge in the truths of 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 the word of the Bible?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, to the first part of your question, um, of course we're saved by grace through faith and and uh, I mentioned the previous caller, Ephesians two, eight and nine, uh we're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest anyone should boast. So uh right. I, I believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, his blood uh, shed that covers and, and removes my sin as far as the east is from the west. So if I look to Jesus Christ, uh, I have salvation. Now, you know, subsequent to that, there is going to be a holy life uh, that follows that and, and the work of the Holy Spirit sanctifying and setting me apart uh, in, in my life. Um, so that's th- that's... That's the quick uh answer to salvation john three sixteen if you want the uh, the single solitary text uh, or a single solitary text to that fact now when we come to to groups like uh, Mormons or jehovah's witness uh, or you know some of the other groups that are out there, first of all I think it's it's good to know the truth. Um, to be immersed in the Word of God and to be a student of the Word of God, that that the best, you know, my pastor used to say, the the best way to deal with darkness is to turn on the light. You right. know, it, it's not to go around and stumble around in the darkness and to fight the darkness, but is to turn on the light. And so in order to turn on the light, you've got to know what that is. Jesus said, of right. course, uh, that he is the light uh, of the world, and the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness uh, often doesn't comprehend it. And, uh, you know, men don't come to the light often because their deeds are evil. They don't, they don't want to come into the light. They like staying in, in, in the darkness. But the reality right. is is the best way to deal with that is, is to turn on the light and is to know the truth. Now, beyond that, I think that there's a lot of things that you can do to educate yourself about what your, in this case, Mormonism, what your family members believe. Uh, there are a lot of great resources out there. One that's been around for a long time, of course, is uh, Dr. Walter—it's in about the third edition or something now, is Dr. Walter Martin kingdom of the cults and uh, it has several substantial sections uh, on Jehovah's Witness Mormonism and several other cults okay. uh, that that are out there and it will detail uh, the beliefs of these different groups uh, in a single volume to help you have an intelligent conversation uh, with some of these individuals so I, I would recommend that that resource to you there's a lot of other um, there's maze of Mormonism and some other great books that are uh, out there as well dealing uh, specifically uh, with Mormonism and, and, and other groups. Uh, but uh, it's always good to, to educate yourself on whatever particular group that you're dealing with and on a, you know, several different groups that you are going to encounter. And you know, you, we, we encounter a lot of different groups, Adventists, we encounter uh, Mormons, we encounter Jehovah's Witness, you know, all kinds of different groups um, that are often you know, variations of each other and, and came about at similar times in, in, in the history of this country.
0: Okay that's very helpful and, I, and 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 I do I I do believe that you know Jesus is God I believe in the trinity and I believe in these things mm-hmm. and when I find these truths that you know people are trying to kind of twist and create entire religions out of it's um you know it can kind of be a little anxiety ridden for a new believer of I mm-hmm. studied like that I study the word really diligently and mm-hmm. I just have pages of verses that are going against things like you mm-hmm. know in revelations when it says anyone that adds to my word right and adds to this book will be cursed you know I always check then let's say lds.org to see what do they mm-hmm. say about that and they they do bring up that verse and they'll say things like oh the book meant just that book revelation uh, not yeah. the bible and 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 you know you hear a prophet that talks about you know, essentially that Church leaders can negate what the Bible says and add to it in the Book of Mormon. So I don't know if it's a satanic influence um, of Satan trying to pull believers away, but it's, um, you know...
1: it's a very clever, uh, clever deception that has unfortunately led Mormonism that has led a lot of a lot of people astray. And, and like I said, particularly for for younger believers, the the first step is is not so much what does the cult believe, but but what do I believe, and what does the Bible teach me. And getting so immersed in, in the Word of God and then your ability to deal with these other things will come uh, quite a bit more naturally. One of the things that I do uh, is when I am spending time researching a different group is, is that you know I'll read and then, and then I'll, I'll uh, condense uh, what I've learned into kind of a single fact sheet. And I I regularly reference those fact sheets, uh, particularly if I'm getting ready to talk to someone that is a believer in that. And generally what I have on my fact sheet is far more than they ever learned. Um, in, as part of their cult, and uh, and I can have a conversation with them uh, that, that uh, sometimes is effective. But you're still dealing with uh, a spiritual deception, and even our best-laid uh, discussions and arguments um, may not necessarily be effective. The best thing that we can do is pray in advance for those individuals and pray that God would give us the right words to share.
0: All right, amen. Thank you so much for... Uh your help, and and I would appreciate just a quick prayer to stay strong in my studies and and faith in God's Word. That would be great.
1: Absolutely. Father, we just lift up Jeff to you today. I just pray that you'd be with him, and and you'd bless him, Lord, first of all, that he would be rooted and grounded and growing, uh, just leaps and bounds every day. Lord, that you would just be with him, that you would use him, you would just draw him closer to you, that he would so enjoy his relationship and his walk with you. And Lord, that you would pour out your spirit upon him that you would use him that you would give him the wisdom uh by your spirit that cannot be refuted and lord that you would draw many people to yourself uh, through those things that he shares including many of these family members who are who are uh embroiled in in the maze of mormonism lord we uh just pray that you'd use them and we pray for their salvation lord uh and just keep him strong keep him faithful keep him on that narrow path uh in jesus name we pray amen
0: thank you so much
1: yeah, God bless you, brother. Take care. Let's go to Caesar in Denver. Caesar, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How you doing?
3: Good. Can you can you go over uh in Romans when uh they talked about uh God not uh God looks at your heart. Um, God not judging.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, what, uh, what exact it's verse? A, it's the
3: one about the plank, and he talks about the plank, then he goes on and says, Ah, uh, uh, gotcha. He says, for you not to judge. Yeah, he, so that looks at the heart.
1: So, yeah, so you're talking about, actually, that's in Matthew. Um, oh, okay. and Yep, Matthew, I'll take it from Matthew, but it's in Matthew and, and in Luke. Um, the first six verses of Matthew, Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge you will be judged, and the measure you use it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own? What Jesus is talking about there is, no, is no, not...
3: No, no, that's not it, because it talks about the heart. He says, he looks at the heart, so I believe it's in Romans...
1: Well, if you're talking about that, it's not the—the the, the plank Is of course, in the Gospels, the words of Jesus. So I think you might be uh, melding a couple of different, uh, different passages together. I don't know if the Luke uh, if Luke's account uh, actually brings uh, the heart into the matter. Um, but uh, what specifically—we have just a few minutes left. Is there a specific question that you have on that?
3: No, I just have to find the passage, um, because yeah. it talks about the heart. So okay. being baptized by water, it talks about the heart. Okay. Well, if you're t- would say. That's yeah. What
1: it, yeah. Like I said, I think you have two two different passages. I can try to look up the second passage that you seem to be more interested in, um, but I'm unfortunately going to be running out of time here pretty quickly. So, um, but is Thank there? So, no, no, no. Go, go ahead. So, is there a specific? Uh, while I'm looking for that, is there no, a specific question? No, I, I
3: want to find it. Yeah, okay. So I, I don't want to. I want to so, find it
1: again. So what, I
3: know what, it is, says,
1: what is your memory gonna, of the verse? Tell me what, what, what verse you're remembering. What 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 is it specifically that you're you're trying to have me speak to? What what verse?
3: Uh, I just have to find it. Okay. Yeah. Why don't, you, it why don't you why don't you just give talks us a about call? The heart. Yep. Yeah. Why he don't you give at us the a heart? And that explains everything. It's yes, your heart. He's... Like if you have if you if you're bipolar and you're <laughs> striking out all the time and you don't want to, you look at your heart yeah. and you ask for forgiveness for the people you offend, but you're you keep doing it. And you can't, and you don't know how to stop. But God looks at your heart, and he sees your struggle. And he okay. loves your struggle for him. So he looks at the heart. That's, yeah. That's what, in well, Romans, he, it talks about it.
1: Well, I'll, I'll see if I can track down. I know of a few verses that, uh, that you may be speaking of. I'll see if I can track down the specific verse that, uh, that, that you're speaking of. If you do, uh, you find that verse, give us a call back. Obviously, the program's probably going to be over today for that time, but you can always call back tomorrow. Okay, Caesar.
3: Yes, sir. Thank
1: you. Hey, you bet. God bless you, my friend. I appreciate you calling. Thank you, hey, sir. folks. Folks, yep, folks, you're listening to Calvary Live here. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, our program is uh, quickly running out of time here. But uh, for Caesar, I, I uh, hope he's able to call back tomorrow with some more information on what he wanted to ask about, so he can get his question answered. And and maybe you were listening uh, today, and and you didn't have a chance to call, uh, but uh, but you're you have a question on your mind and you'd like to join us uh, on the program, Calvary Live is uh, here Monday through Friday uh, on the station that you're listening to uh, right now, and uh, you can always call 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and uh, Caesar was mentioning Romans, and I was thinking of, of uh, the same passage, actually, that, that Trent just uh, texted over to me as well, and and uh, the, the that I'm thinking of is, is in first Samuel 16 so uh, in the Old Testament and and thank you Trent for that because that's the that's the passage that uh, that was coming to mind uh, for me as well uh, but uh, there might be uh, I, I'd have to look I'm not sure if there's something else that Caesar read in Romans that uh, that he was keying in on uh, but that would be a good uh, a good discussion but Caesar if you're listening I think the verse possibly I may be wrong but the verse you might be referencing is in first uh, Samuel chapter 6. Team. Anyway, like I said, we're we're quickly running out of time. The show goes so fast, and uh, so if you want to join us tomorrow, 303-690-3000, just jot that number down if you want to call Calvary Live here, and we appreciate all of you listening Colorado, Wyoming, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania on Grace FM and Hope FM. Jason Vandeveer here with you. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel and Parker. Come on out and see us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Parker, calvarychapelparker.com, calvarychapelparker.com. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much uh, for this program today. We thank you for the callers. Uh, We thank you for those opportunities to pray. We do pray that you'd work in each and every situation that was lifted up each and every person's life, that you would strengthen them, that you would solidify them, that you would set them apart uh, by your spirit from glory to glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.